0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Time to talk basketball with Tom Chambers, former Ute, former jazz player, on the Phoenix Suns, pregame, halftime, and postgame, as an analyst for Fox Sports Arizona. Tom, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, sure. You know, I'm happy to do it. Had we- to get me out. I had to watch last night. I had, Of course, I had to watch Charles Barkley, who he played for, so I was up a little late, but uh, it's nice to know that he still doesn't know who anybody plays for, so that's good, you know.
0: (laughs) So I guess the, uh, before we get into any specifics, the, the bigger question is, there is lots of positivity about the direction of the Suns after kind of a I don't know to put it nicely a lost decade. Uh how much of that positivity is just cuz people need hope to to hang on to? How much of that is these guys are really going to be better? And if you're going to be better in the west, what what does that mean given how deep the west seems to be? Well, Well, clearly we have lost Tom. So uh Jake will try him back. He was breaking up there. If you can let him know, Jake, yeah, maybe there's a landline he can hop on or he can get to a better spot. All right, well, we'll try that again, PK. Take two.
2: Well, that, that goes. that's good because the Suns have had take ten now, <laughs> and they're trying to get it right. And early returns are they've gotten it right, and they're going to be fired up. That's why I'm excited for this game because they believe, they believe they're good. That's probably, I don't know if it's half the battle. That's the cliche. But the fact is, they're going to come in with all sorts of confidence. And it's a great test, you know, early in the season, obviously. And when we get to May and June, it's not going to matter much. But we're looking for tests right now. We're looking for the Jazz to be tested, to answer. And this is an upstart team that thinks they're good, that thinks they're on the way, and they're excited because everybody wants to win. And the, the Suns right now, they're winning at a very good clip. And uh, th- that was, I uh, watched that game against New Orleans, and New Orleans thinks they're good, and the Suns dominated them.
0: All right, we've got, we got Tom Chambers back on the line. Tom, welcome back in, and uh, just hit us up. The, the Suns are supposed to be better. How much better, and what does that mean in the West, at least from your eyes?
1: That had a really good answer. You guys didn't get to hear it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's what they're doing. They're building this team. They've got a bunch of character guys. They're all working hard. They're all buying in. Um, Devin Booker's been doing it by himself pretty much for years now, and it's nice to finally get him some guys who play alongside of them. But you look at the game last night, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they're two best players. Neither one of them even scored a double. So that game is loaded. Um, with veteran guys who want to come in and really help out, you can't. I mean, they're still young, but you can't just say, "Okay, they're young and they're going to get better in the future." They want to win now, and it looks like they're doing all the right things. And as you mentioned, I mean, this New Orleans Pelicans team was picked to be one of the better teams in the West, and the Suns just absolutely decimated them uh, last night. And, and it's, it's just it's just fun. I mean, like you say, we've had a lost decade here. I mean, this Suns team was like the Jazz, you know, fourth or fifth all time in wins in the NBA. And, you know, over the past 10 years, you know, the sun team has just dropped like a rock. So it's fun for us, people who have been talking about this team for so long, to have something real positive to say.
2: Yeah, Tom, you know, I grew up uh, at least the second part of my life, went to high school at Thunderbird, went to Arizona State. And so I'm very much, my family still lives there and get back there often. Very much familiar with the legacy of the stunts And obviously they were the original pro team. And when I was there, it reminded me so much of when I moved to Salt Lake in 93, and you've lived in both communities yourself and you see the similarities between the teams and the fan bases and how they were they owned the town for so many years and now we know with the uh, phoenix has uh, exploded population wise with these other teams and so it's been kind of sad to see this franchise down and it's nice to see them come back and have this opportunity to uh, to win basically. And I know Sarver's taken a ton of heat. There haven't been fans in the stands and all that, so I don't know if it's fair to judge. But what's the community's reaction now? Because as I say, the Suns used to mean so much to the community.
1: Well they still do, and you're seeing it already, you know, this kind of to town. You know, Sarver, you know, you for for the kind. The wrong people to be the general manager before, and even the coach before, and and so the direction hasn't been good. But now. With what James Jones is doing, with what Monty Williams is doing, um, everybody's believing, and and it's just a fun thing to see. Devin is a hundred percent in; he believes in this group, and he's been so good for so long, and and the work ethic that he's put in. But all of the guys, you know, you look at the the, the high quality, high character guys that the Jazz have been bringing in, the Suns have been. Bringing in the last couple of seasons, and you, you just can't—you just can't spend all of that money on guys who are a questionable character. You just have to have really good guys that all are, are, are on the same page and willing and wanting to do whatever it takes to win. And now we've got a two hundred ninety million dollar remodel of the stadium, which we can't use because nobody's coming to games yet, which is sad. And this brand new practice facility so is state of the art. They call the lab. So you know, with with, with people now seeing what's going on in Phoenix. You know, and you know, in the NBA, it's about free agency, too, and guys want to come here and play now, and that's a good thing when you're not getting high draft picks. Like the Jazz haven't been able to get a real high draft pick for a long time. You've got to draft well, and you've got to have guys that want to come play for that team.
0: Tom Chambers joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone with the Jazz and the Suns playing uh, New Year's Night and Tom's on Fox Sports Arizona. as a pregame halftime and postgame analyst. Uh, I'm curious, as a guy who was able to stretch his career out, you ended up playing 16 years and you played overseas in addition all that time in the NBA. So you know as you get older, maybe you lose some athleticism. Where else do you make it up so you stay viable late in your career? What do you see from Chris Paul? Because you at least had some size and you were never going to lose that size. So you had that. He's a smaller guy and he's got to make that work. How's he doing there?
1: Oh, he's doing terrific. I mean, he was an all-star last year. You know, you looked at your own John Stockton up there who played, what, 19 seasons. And if you take care of yourself, um, if you're driven, if your body stays healthy, Chris has had some seasons where he hasn't been able to play because of, you know, a a, a boo-boo or an owie or whatever he may have had. But he was locked in last year like crazy. I mean, that Oklahoma City team wasn't supposed to be any good, and I think they ended up fifth or something in the West. So, so he's got a lot left. And I've never seen a better coach on the court, you know, or in the locker room than Chris Paul. So he's going to make sure these guys are doing it the right way and focused. Uh, Even when he's not playing, like he wasn't in a couple exhibition games, he is in everybody's ear, you know, at all times. So. Um, I just love what he does when he's in the game when he's not in the game and and you know i mean he's he's just he's got that 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 factor you know that it factor you know you're watching the game and you're seeing him on state farm commercials and you're watching the game you see him on you know whatever else so he's got that it factor so he brings some swag to this team some confidence in this team. They know that they're going to have a great leader. They're going to get the ball in the right places, and things are going to be executed. The best player in the NBA last season in the fourth quarter for as far as scoring clutch points. So the Suns got a good one in Chris Paul.
2: You talk about some swag. We have Joe Ingles on the show every week, and we've been doing it now for seven <laughs> years And he told us that, if I remember correctly, uh, he said his favorite teammate of all time was Jay Crowder. The guy's bounced around the league like crazy. But, you know, you look at what he's able to bring to the Suns. Can you you speak to just the professionalism that Jay Crowder has provided this team?
1: Well, he came in late because he had some personal things going on that he took care of, but um, every. Like you say with Joe, who I love Joe. By the way, I can't. I just love listening to him talk. I, it makes me smile. I, I love that guy. But um, every place that Jay has been, they have absolutely loved him. But he's been caught in that thing where, like, you've traded somebody, and that you know they got to have a salary go along with them to make the deal work. And so he's been caught up in that. But. I mean, even last night he was 21 minutes, 21 points, you know, which is his best game. He's getting himself into shape now. But everybody loves him, what he does. And just like Chris Paul after the game last night said, he's a dog. And I mean with a W-W-W. I mean, he just gets after people defensively. He don't take stuff off nobody. And he'll knock down a big shot, but he's always in the right place at the right time. So um, it's, it's interesting you say, you know, Joe says that because, Every everywhere he's he's left. I mean, when he left the Miami Heat last year, he was so good in the bubble for that team. But he decided to come out here and play for this Phoenix Suns team. You know, Chris Paul gave him a call. Devin Booker. They said, you know what, come out here and and help us win. And and, and he came. And uh, he's he's another good one. And it just makes this team legit to have you know KG veterans like that want to come here and play. And uh, it makes you feel good.
0: You know, Tom, I want to hit on a couple issues around the NBA, and I'm curious about when what you think when you hear expansion? Uh, because obviously a lot of people think Seattle and you played there, what would it mean to the community to get the Sonics back and get the green and gold back? And then also, you know, people worry about the league watering down, but the game's gone international so the talent base is widened. Uh, do you think there's the talent out there to put two more teams in the league? And if so, what would it mean to Seattle?
1: Well, absolutely there's enough talent out there. I just look at my fantasy team now. I used to Guy off, the, off the free agent board, and now there's all kinds of guys out there. I mean, even Mike Conley wasn't drafted this year because it was because it was a bad year last year. But to get back on task, yes, Seattle would, would would embrace it. They love it. They still talk about it. There's still Seattle was robbed T-shirts out there. It would be great to get a team back in Seattle. It's a great basketball town, so that would be absolutely spectacular. And do I think that there's enough talent? There's no question about it. There's enough talent right now to do that. It's been a long time. I can't even. I don't even know how many years it's been since there's been an expansion team. But uh, the NBA is ready for it. It's loved. I mean, hopefully, you know, all this crap, you know, 2020 will be behind us and this COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, the fans will be back so the owners can start making some money because I'm sure this has hit them in the pocketbook harder than anybody. So, um, yeah, I, I absolutely think it would be terrific to get a team back there with some other cities. But I know for sure Seattle would be – would be. Uh, I mean, they would they, they need to get their arena situation figured out. But uh, they're, they're willing to do that.
2: So you were an all-star player, Tom, during the time you played, 80s and 90s, and we hear guys – tend to say, oh, in my day it was better and blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at the NBA with the influx of the foreign guys and not just one-trick ponies. It used to be, you know, soft white European dudes who just shot from the outside. Well, now you got guys that are tough, Doncic, and just one example and all that. So my point being, as we look towards maybe expansion, I, I to me, I don't know that the NBA's never ha- had as much talent top to bottom as it has. Now you look at some of these teams that are at the bottom of the standings and they still hold my interest because they got one or two players that I want to watch. So you're involved in the league and obviously you played in the league a while back. What do you think of the state of the talent in the league right now?
1: That's terrific. It really is. And there's guys coming in like you say from Europe every year. I mean, we we drafted number one and the two guys behind the number one draft pick Trey Young and Luka Doncic are all-stars. So there's, there's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of talent coming in from Europe, uh, a, a lot. I mean, you look at Jokic in Denver. I mean, this guy's an MVP candidate. You know, obviously Doncic is as well. You know, guys that didn't grow up here where basketball is supposed to be the only place you, you play it. So um, it's, it's going to continue to thrive all the way around the world. It's just, just, it's just taken off like crazy. And, and, and you see guys coming in from about everywhere. So um, the talent is spectacular. Um, every team seems to draft somebody and stash them in Europe and hope they get you know, mature because these guys are playing in Europe when they're, I mean, like Lucas started when he was 12 playing professional against men in Europe. And a lot of these guys started at 15, 16, 17 years old. So they're coming over at 19, hard to be in the professional leagues for five years. So they have a taste of what it takes to to really be good. I mean, you look, even Joe Ingalls, I mean, where was he? He was in Australia. Nobody really knew about him, and and he's just had a tremendous NBA career. So, yeah, there's guys out there. If teams are willing to go look and search, they're going to find, and, you know, they're going to find guys all over the world right now coming in and and, and really helping. And guys, you, you know, obviously we haven't even heard of.
0: When people compare Luka Doncic to Magic Johnson, and you you played in the '80s, so you saw Magic up close so many times. What part of that is true? What part of that is hype? How much does it blow your mind that there's somebody who grew up in Europe who's compared to Magic at all?
1: Well, I, I don't see the similarities other than you know their leaders. Uh, they help their team win. They're MVP candidate kind of guys, and and you know they can get triple doubles every single night. Magic, who was my age and I played with a lot in All Star games, and even you know going into the college and after in in, in games or during college, um, was terrific. He pushed the ball. I mean, when I was MVP in the All Star game, he was the one you know spoon feeding me. So he, he's more of a facilitator. Luca. You know, is more of one-on-one player. Obviously, the better shooter, the Magic ever of being, but I don't still don't think he he he, he leads a team like like Magic did when he first came in the league. Obviously, Magic you know as a, as a rookie won the NBA championship, but it was lucky the Lakers got him because they already had you know Kareem and, and and some other some other really talented players. But it's a, it's a great compliment to look at these.
0: Well, that's where I guess we'll leave it, PK. <laughs> Just lost Tom for a second time. But uh, you get the point. Thanks to Tom for coming on.
2: I think Doncic is a better shooter than Magic. Now, is he a better winner? That obviously get Get five
0: championships seen. down the road and we'll see.
2: Right. Yeah, and, not, and then people say, "Well, wow, yeah, he had uh, the leading scorer of all time, which mm. he did. And he yep. had James Worthy. He had Norm Nixon early and... And Byron Jamal Scott Wilkes. Legs. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, this is a ton of talent. But I think that – and this is my magic bias just coming through completely. And right now, Jake Scott is screaming at the radio if he's listening that it's a little bit of along the lines of Bill Russell. And I've said this quote about Bill Russell many times where Bill Russell, yeah, I got so lucky. Everywhere I went, we seemed to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, Magic winning a, a, a college title, winning the NBA titles, and I assume he won in high school. That's, that's quite yeah. the burden to throw at Doncic, But who's to say, man, I don't want to put limits on anybody. You know, that's what I say with Donovan Mitchell. Can he be top five in the NBA? Am I going to put limits on this young man? No, not at all. Why do that, man? Dream about it. bear talking about winning a title in Utah. Oh, well, You realize, and of course we all realize, it's never been done. (laughs) And so you're asking him to be a part of a significant part of doing something that's never been done, right? I get it. But am I going to put limits on these guys? No. That's the great thing about the NBA. I mean, it has so many superstars that are young, too, young, the face of the league, in my mind, as it changes, and LeBron is 36 years old today, so he is the face of the league and has been. You can argue he's been the face of the league longer than anybody in modern times. Anyway, has been the face of the league, right? Can I can I make that argument and and have some? 17,
0: 17 years deep, you know, and I, in 03, I mean, come on, Shaq and uh, Duncan yeah, so I mean, at the he height. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't ben. Kobe. Kobe hadn't really even reached the height of his career yet. So, there have been other guys, but, right. you know, when you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school, mm-hmm. and when, it, when the team is fine because the coach sees you, and all he does is turn around and say, we've got to have him, I mean, of all the things people have been disciplined for, it's like, John Lucas, NBA lifer, is like, wow, I'm witnessing greatness. And he turns around and says, we got to have him. It's like that. That's the worst thing that's ever been done. But that was that was LeBron's. That's LeBron's legacy. That's his early legacy. You know, his legacy has multiple chapters.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just a phenomenal player. So yeah, CC, you
0: you make a strong point. Obviously,
2: CC Sabathia, the pitcher, was pitching from Cleveland at the time, and somebody's one of his buddies says, "Hey, we got to go see this kid. He's out in Akron, you know, and that's a little bit out of the city." He says, "I want to go out there," and uh, so then he didn't go. He didn't make the trip, and then he came in and he played in the arena that the Cavs play in, which is literally next door to the, the yeah, Cleveland right park. And, uh, so he went and I remember him telling the stories, said, oh man, I should have gone out to Akron. Then <laughs> this kid is unbelievable. And CC big man played some high school ball himself. Uh, so he's talking about that, but he's been the face of the NBA, but going forward, you know they've got a number of young guys who can be the face of this league, and Doncic is right there.
0: Right, yeah, right absolutely.
2: There. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this a guy who speaks multiple languages, been around the world, uh, just really, and he just captures you to play ball. And can Mitchell? Can Mitchell be the face of the league? I mean, it's a long shot, but is it completely? Impossible? Now, man, could you imagine the face of the league living and playing for Salt Lake? That would be a stunner. But it would be cool if it happens, and why can't it happen? I mean, the guy's got an enormous ability, man. Really does. And he's charismatic as all get-out, isn't he?
0: Hey. Well, you know, we were talking yesterday about foreign players and how they're so far from home, it doesn't matter where they play in the U.S. You know, the world's gotten smaller, but, hey, Joe Ingles, it doesn't matter if he's in Salt Lake or L.A. or Houston or New York. They're they're all too far from Melbourne to go home for the weekend. So it just doesn't matter anymore. But I think when you flip that the other way and look at the fan perspective, the league isn't just an American sports league. It's not just a United States thing. It's not even just a North America thing. There are fans on every continent, and they're buying jerseys, and they are... uh, completely on board with this. They're driving revenue for the league. They've got TV deals all over the world. And half for decades, they're just getting more lucrative and the world's getting smaller. So, I don't know that it matters what market you're in. I mean, New York and Chicago have been down for a long time and the NBA's growing like crazy. It's not not being driven by two of the three biggest markets. Now, LA's had it going, but even the Lakers were down. What did they miss the playoffs? Six years in a row? Seven along those
2: lines, yeah. six yeah. or
0: seven years in a row. They, they had a terrible run, and the league kept growing like crazy. So would you, would the league rather be great in big markets? Probably, but I think they're fully aware by now that they don't live and die with that kind of thing. You know, they just need marketable stars, and if you're in Salt Lake or you're in Dallas, and we could we got to go to break, but we could list five other stars in five other markets who are under 25 who have a chance to be the face of the league down the line. So... And, and who knows, maybe they will expand, and, and maybe the guy who really is the face of the league isn't in the NBA yet and will be the face of the league in Seattle, and they don't have a team back yet. But they'll get one. At some point, it seems like they're going to get one. Everyone thinks they should. So Yeah, they should, yeah, it's, for sure. It's going to happen. It's, the Sonics never should have left. That was a horrible deal. Except for Oklahoma City. It worked out great for them. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. We'll come back, catch up on everything we've been talking about in this show next. Stay with us.